Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we're here to give you the rundown. It's the 16th of August. We are eight days away from actually playing the college football and 16 days away from the actual opening day. A uh, couple games coming up next week, eight days from now, is the Miami DU hosting Florida and then Arizona traveling all the way to Hawaii to play Hawaii. Oh, man, Woj, how much would it suck to be those Arizona players going to Hawaii week before college football starts and then getting to play a game in Hawaii? I mean, those guys must be really hating themselves right now. Yeah, that's going to be tough, <laughs> although it is Hawaii. It's probably nice weather, I'm sure. But, you know, on a side note there, you're going up against Hawaii. Who isn't all that all that good in college football? They haven't really been in the rankings much, but they're a full spread offense. And when your secondary has to travel that far, first game of the season, right out of the gun, and has to play against a, a full-on spread offense, that is going to be a challenge. I don't care who you are, what team you are. That's a challenge for sure. Yeah, and you said eight days. That's when we see those first two games. Also, you said 16 days. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's when the real opening day starts. That's when real college football starts. That's when we get to see the Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, all the big conferences play. And I'm real excited for those games. For me, it's like Christmas. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It is like Christmas. And in, in eight days, too, we're going to get a we're going to get a college game day. They're actually going to do it from Disney World, of all places, for the Miami uh, hosting Florida game. But. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. At least we'll get a game day experience for you know, those two those first two games in eight days. Um, but some funny news out there today. I, w- I was reading around, and uh, Ohio State is trying to trademark the. <laughs> they're trying to trademark it to put it on to like shirts and things like that. But they're literally trying to trademark the. It doesn't make any sense, Woj. I mean, first of all, I don't know how you could trademark that word in general, but even to say that they are the university is, is ridiculous, quite frankly, because you even said it already, Miami, the you. Are they going to trade trademark the also? I mean, it's just quite ridiculous if you ask me. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's pretty dumb, but they've gotten – it's a meme war has almost even started. Michigan instantly Twittered back. Uh, Michigan's at you, Mish, uh, at Twitter with a photo of a huge M and then behind it, it had an even huger just of <laughs> to try to <laughs> make fun of it. And then another one, Ohio university, which is at Ohio U on Twitter chimed in as well with a picture of like, kind of just their, their entry sign that shows the university and when it was founded. And they said, I'll get, put it in quotes here. What they said, they said, good morning from the in all capital letters, the first university in the state of Ohio. So they even got a little jab at it and people are just going back and forth. So, you know, we decided just to, you know, get into the little thing here too. And we decided to name this episode, the rundown. (laughs) Yeah. We'll put, we'll put a little pun on the uh, Ohio. Hopefully they don't sue us for trademark infringement, but that's what we decided to call it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, in other news, too, HBO is uh, – I don't know if anybody out there has watched Hard Knocks. I, I've seen a little bit of Hard Knocks from here and there, but they are developing. I'm not sure if it will ever happen, uh, but they're in developments for a Hard Knocks-like show uh, featuring uh, four college students – or four college uh, teams, Penn State, uh, Arizona State, 
Alabama and Washington State. Well, what what do those schools have in common? Well, three of them definitely have uh, their coaches in common. They're all very charismatic coaches, Franklin, Leach, and Edwards um, being the three. Yeah, and then I think they just threw Alabama in there because, well, it, Fred Franklin yeah. is just Alabama. And they, you, can't, they were, yeah. you can't have a college football show without having Alabama in there. It's it, At this point in time, you need them in there. That's why. Well, Saban, you, you can't say that he's not a good coach. He's obviously one of the best. He gets paid as such, but – He's just not one of those charismatic coaches. He coaches in a different fashion, so it seems to work for him. Yeah, I, I'm. I actually hope they go through with this because I think James Franklin and Mike Leach will be for some great audio on that show. And I, I mean, I've seen some of them, but I just want to see Mike Leach. I don't know if, oh, yeah. if you guys never seen like Mike Leach talk in some post game conferences, but he is off the cuff, man. He is whatever's on his chest. He's just gonna tell you, and it's great. So I, I'm hoping they do that. It'd be cool. I definitely would watch. I would too, as long as Mike Leach was on there, like you said. I mean, I've spent days just watching Mike Leach videos. So, all right. So rankings. We got uh, we got the preseason coaches pull out the top 25. Uh, some interesting ones in there. Some not so interesting. We'll just kind of go through them, then we'll kind of go back. I'll give you my underrated and overrated, and Kyle will give you his overrated and underrated too, and why we think so. But I mean, I'm just going to start from the top. I'll, I'll do the top three here: Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. I, I mean. Kind of given. I mean, those are probably the three best teams in my mind this year. Well, what do you think, Kyle? I, I agree. You won't see them in my playoffs, but that's just because you can't pick the chalk all the time. But, I mean, it makes sense why they're up there. It really doesn't make sense to have anybody else in the top three, in my opinion, at this stage. So, I mean, Clemson, Clemson has a cake schedule again. Like, it is so cake playing the ACC. Like, so cake for them. They don't have to beat anybody. I mean, there's no competition there, and all they need to do is just win that conference, make it to the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's an easy ride for them. So, I mean, there's obviously legit number one by coaches poll. They have a good team. They have sunshine at quarterback. He's been there. He's got a year under his belt now. He's ready to go. So, and then Alabama, obviously, you know, just Nick Saban's got the best recruiting classes ever all the time. So, those big Alabama boys down there. Um, Georgia, Fromm, he's going to be good. They're going to have a lot of people coming back. Uh, they're, they're, they'll just be solid. As long as their defense stays healthy, they'll, they'll be good. And then uh, then we get our first uh, Big 12 team, Oklahoma. What do you think about Oklahoma, Kyle? I think they're a good team. They're, they're a tough team to bet against, that's for sure. Uh, whether their defense steps up, I don't know. I've been reading a lot in the offseason about how hard their defense is training, how they're uh, imploring a different kind of train tactic for their defense. So we'll see. They play in the Big 12. Defense isn't really a necessity until they play out of the Big 12, which obviously comes playoff time. Yeah, I always get a thrill out of watching those Big 12 teams actually go around and try to beat all those other schools that, you know, don't just sling it around and don't play defense. So we'll see how it goes for those guys. They've showed up before, and their defense has surprised me before, so I'm not going to rule them out by any means. They're they're a tough team. And, I mean, Texas is down there at number 10. They're tough, too, and they always play Oklahoma tough, so those two try to knock each other off the pedestal constantly. So we'll see how that shakes up towards the end of the year. Uh, but continuing on down, we got Ohio State at 5, LSU at 6, we have Michigan at seven, so we got Ohio State and Michigan pretty tied up in there for Big Ted schools. We got Florida at eight, and I think Florida is a much improved team since last year, and I think they're going to do really well this year. Uh, Notre Dame at nine, 
lot of people like to say they're overrated. You know, Vegas kind of took a step back this uh, season, and they put them for, I think it was nine wins, um, just because they had back-to-back 10-plus-win se- seasons, and they hadn't done that since uh, way back in the day. So we'll see what happens. I think Vegas just took a step back because they were a little scared there, but we'll see. They always have to have a tough schedule because they don't have a championship game, and that's always tougher. Um, but they're getting love in the coaches' poll. We'll see how it goes from there. Texas is at 10. Texas A&M at 11. Uh, you have Washington then, first Pac-12 team, followed right by Oregon, another Pac-12 team. Uh, what do you think about that, Wall? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to say that uh, Washington is a little overrated, but my main gripe is that Oregon and Utah are beneath Washington, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Washington has 13 starters gone. Nine of those starters were from defense. And I, I, to educate our fans, Woj, how many defensive players on the field at a time? 11. Yeah, there's 11 of them for you, those of you that didn't know. So they're losing nine of their 11 defensive players. I don't know how you can put Washington ahead of these Oregon and Utah teams when that happens. I mean, defense is obviously the the side of the ball that wins championships. So I, I have a big gripe with Washington being ranked that high. Yeah, I think Oregon's a much improved team uh, from last year as well. So I did. I mean, I, I don't see how that could have happened either but we'll continue on down we got penn state at 14 utah at 15 auburn at 16 we'll talk more about them in a second i uh, got ucf at 17 uh again the undefeated school getting get love in the coaches poll but we'll see what happens towards the end of the season uh wisconsin at 18 you have iowa at 19 michigan state at 20 washington state 21 you have Syracuse at 22, Stanford at 23, Iowa State at 24, and finally Northwestern rounds it out at 25 after losing their uh, their star quarterback this season. Yeah, it'll be rough for them. But we didn't even see someone on someone on that list that uh, I think you were expecting to see on there. Yeah, I mean, I, my underrated team in this is Nebraska. Where's Nebraska on this list? Vegas is giving them the love, but the coaches aren't. Uh, the, they have better odds. They have the second best odds. They're tied for the second with Iowa to win the West Division. Uh, so they're ahead of Northwestern, who's 25. Um, and Iowa, again, is ranked 19. And uh, I, I, it baffles me. I don't understand why. I mean, it's they they have all of their tough games at home in the big red country and Scott Frost country, I guess you could call it now, with his second season. Uh, everybody huddles around him and thinks he's a god there. It's unbelievable. But Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Iowa, all at home in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a huge advantage. You know, the media even has them winning the, winning the Big Ten West. Uh, and then again, you can't rule out the Heisman Trophy candidate, Adrian Martinez, and he's going to have probably another stellar year uh, after last year's endeavor. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why they're not on the top 25, especially when you got Northwestern sitting at 25. They should definitely just put them in there. Uh, to be fair, they did get the first voted out. They had 152 votes, which is the basically 26 ranking in the coaches poll. They just don't post it. But I, I still don't understand why they're not in the top 25. Uh, my underrated team, or overrated team, excuse me, overrated was Auburn. They're ranked 16th, and uh, just they had a 6-5 and five record, Kyle. They were 3-5 and five in SEC play. How can you do that? I, well, this is what I think happened. 
I feel like it was just like, let's go down the list. Let's go down the list. Okay, there's our fifth SEC team. Oh, oh wait, we need another one. Well, there's not six on here? Okay, um, add in Auburn. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what happened. But I, we're going to get a real test. I mean, they have to travel to Texas A&M, Florida, and LSU, and then they play Alabama at home. But, I mean, it's Alabama. And then their first game of the year is against a much improved Oregon team. So I think as soon as we watch that game, I'm going to be watching that game for sure. I, that's going to be a uh, – that'll tell you Auburn is overrated. And I think that's going to kick them out of the top 25 for sure after week one. Yeah, it'd be similar to last year. I mean, Auburn, they played a good team last year in the Pac-12, but they ended up coming through in this game. It might come back to bite them this year when they're playing Oregon. If they lose it, it, it could be bad news for Auburn right at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, even speaking of Pac-12, uh, your underrated teams uh, were that were Oregon and Utah, and I I don't disagree with that at all. Go ahead and put more into that if you want. I don't necessarily know that they should be much higher than they are, but I definitely know that they should be ahead of Washington, like I was saying before. It doesn't make any sense to have them behind Washington. That's my whole gripe with Oregon and Utah being behind them. And also, I do think Utah should be basically the best team in the coaches poll as of now, because I believe they have the best returning talent and best chance at winning the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with you there at all. Utah's a tough team. They get uh, overlooked way too much. Um, what, what's your overrated team? Yeah, that's an easy one. Syracuse. I no idea why they're on that list at all. They're at 22, sitting at 22 right now. They have a sophomore quarterback. Uh, you've been talking about cupcake schedules. It doesn't get any more cupcake than Syracuse, my friend. Uh, and the problem with that cupcake schedule is Vegas is only putting their over-under on total wins at 7.5. So they're saying that they think they're only going to get 7.5 wins with that cupcake schedule. I don't understand how Syracuse can be anywhere near the top 25, rather alone in the 22nd spot where they are. That The whole Vegas – discrepancy there it goes back to the nebraska thing too like yeah I, I just don't i don't quite get that um i mean that that's i mean we can go right into our next section about i mean you're going to talk about some gambling things but i mean that's that's like a big easy one right there uh, either the over or the under i mean i'm if, you, if you're a syracuse fan and you know something and then you can bet the over but like kyle said that's a pretty cupcake schedule um and, and I think that, you know, ESPN's covering their ass in case they beat Clemson or their coaches. You know, what happens if, if they do beat Clemson and Clemson does go down? And, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. And that's why it's tough to trust things like the coaches poll or uh, ESPN polls, things like that, because they don't, you know, they don't have anything riding on it. They, if they're wrong, so what? But you get to casinos in Vegas, that's where you, you want to, you know, follow because they're wrong. They lose money. And that's why when you're looking at things, you always want to look at the casinos in Vegas or the casinos in offshore, what have you. They're the ones that have money on the line and something to lose. For sure. We'll see what happens. So for you guys at home, we're going to set up a Twitter poll. Uh, we're going to have four teams, Ohio State, Michigan. Com they're going to be combined. So you guys just pick them to see who's going to win, who do you guys think is going to win. We'll show the poll results next week. Um, Ohio State, Michigan will be one. Alabama, Clemson, and then Georgia and Oklahoma will be a combined one as well. So we put Alabama and Clemson by themselves just because they're probably the two top dogs that everybody will pick. But 
We'll see if uh, there's so many Oklahoma, Georgia fans or some Big Ten fans going for Ohio State or Michigan. And we'll go from there. Looking forward to seeing uh, what, what you guys, what the listeners think on that. I'm really excited to see what they have to say. I'm guessing it'll be probably along the lines of what Vegas has right now. They got Bama Clemson tied at the top. I mean, you're not getting very good money on those those guys. But if you want to jump down to someone like Georgia, Georgia's sitting at plus 1,000 right now. So I'm kind of interested to see how many of our fans are going to pick Oklahoma-Georgia combination there. I think we might get a few of them. On those lines, talking about betting, uh, let's just talk some futures bets, Wall. Uh, run us through some of your – I know you do quite a bit of futures bets throughout the year and beginning of the year. Just run us through some stuff about futures. Well, futures futures bets are a different animal. They're not like your normal season game. You know, they're generally for fun. A lot of people have fun with them. I myself have fun with them. I can't remember a year where I didn't put some money on Iowa to win it all, which you know that's not likely to happen. But still, if they do, you want to have some action on it. You want to have some fun. For example, this year they're 150 to one. You put a dollar on them, you win 150 dollars. It's you know add some excitement to it. But also, you can use futures if you have a good bankroll. If you have some money to bet. If you have $100, it's not going to work so well. But if you have a big bankroll, you can use futures as a good betting tool. There's generally two trains of thought on it. One is you keep a separate bankroll for futures and season bets. The other train of thought is you use a certain percentage of your bankroll for futures bets and then the rest of the percentage for season bets. An advantage of doing that is you can hedge a lot easier. You can keep track of your hedging. For example, you bet let's say Oklahoma to win the national championship, then you hedge certain games. You don't want to do every one because you're not going to get good odds, but you hedge certain games where you think they might lose. And generally the team they're playing is going to be plus. So you're going to get money and be able to hedge yourself across. But again, you got to have a pretty good bankroll for that. If it was me this year, there's really only two teams that I'd be looking to put on, you know, futures bets to win it all. That'd be Michigan and Oklahoma just because, you know, 14 to 1, Michigan sitting, 15 to 1, Oklahoma sitting. I really can't touch Bama and Clemson. They're not getting any odds. You're getting plus 225 on them. So they're really untouchable. Then you get down the line, you get Oregon, Texas, LSU, Florida. I just, I personally don't believe in any of those teams. So if I was looking to make champion future bet, it'd definitely be on Michigan, Oklahoma this year. And I can guarantee you it will be on Michigan, Oklahoma this year. A good point on Clemson and Auburn or Alabama, excuse me. They're just not going to get any any love from Vegas. You're you're not going to win much money there. But my top four for playoffs is actually going to have Clemson and Auburn both in, and Florida and Ohio State as my other two. What what about yours, Wall? Well, mine's going to be Clemson, like you. Many people probably pick them too. Reigning national champions, Georgia. I'm going to take them over Bama just because. Alabama is so dominant. You can't be dominant every year, in year in and year out. So you got to lose one. So I'm going to bank on them losing one, and I just don't want to take the chalk. And then I already mentioned it, Michigan, Oklahoma. I'm going to take those two just because, one, that's where my money is going to be. Two, I want to put my mouth where my money is in this situation. It would be fun to see a, uh, a Pac-12 or a Big 12 or a Pac-12 team make it. Uh, I just couldn't do it. I, I was like, I got to go with what? gets in most years, which is double SEC team somehow. It doesn't make much sense, but uh, apparently they have the toughest you know, conference in the nation, which I don't 100% agree with, but we'll, we'll go from there. That's my opinion. 
Well, I'm not going to completely keep out the big or the Pac-12, I should say. I I think I don't think there's a chance for them to win the championship, but I do think there's some good money if you look at Utah, for example, just to make the playoffs. They're plus 1,000, so you're getting 10 to 1 odds on Utah making the playoffs. You know, I I don't necessarily know that it's going to happen. 10 to 1 odds obviously means if they're playing 11 years, they're going to at least be in the playoffs once. But I'd have to put a little bit of money on Utah this year just to make it to the playoffs. Again, they're really the only team you can bet on to make it to the playoffs. You go Bama, Clemson, you're getting negative money. You're getting negative 600 on both of them. Georgia's even money to make the playoffs. When you're making the playoffs, when you're making a bet to make the playoffs, you kind of go got to go outside. And that's why I wouldn't shy away from the Pac-12. I think I'd actually go with Utah at the plus 1,000. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I want to cover some fantasy uh, football for everyone. I have some sleeper picks I want to get out. Uh, let the world know about my sleeper picks, but we'll we'll see how well they do. And again, everybody has different leagues. Our league that we currently run is just Pac-12, Big Ten, and SEC. So it's smaller team clumps. I think it's two more teams or three more teams than what a normal NFL fantasy league would have. Uh, and it just makes it perfect for the amount of people we have. I know there's others that play all of college fantasy football, and I'll, I'll explain, you know, my sleepers for those. My first one is going to be for those in a big league where it's all college fantasy football. And I think my first sleeper is a quarterback, Philippi Franks from Florida. Uh, the guy was a 36.4 points per game the last four games of the season. He's a big guy. He likes to run the football, seven TDs in 2018. Uh, Florida has to replace four starting offensive linemen. But they do have three amazing receivers. Three amazing receivers that are coming back, or two are coming back, and one's going to be new. So we'll see how that goes. If if he can get up, you know, get together with those receivers early and and push on that, we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, they have four starting new starting offensive linemen could lead to more of a passing game. I agree with you 100% on that point, Woj, because when you have a new offensive line that hasn't been working together, people might not know this, people that are just casual viewers of college football, but when you have offensive line that's just kind of learning to work together, they're going to be much better in a pass protection situation. It's just a little easier. There's not as much to it. You don't have as much pulling guards. You know, it's just a little easier to get your feet wet doing that. So I think they are, the coaches are going to call much more of a passing game. They're going to be a lot heavier on the passing game. And like you said, that's going to give Felipe Frank some passes. It's going to be great to watch. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him as a quarterback. I like Florida this year. I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. And, you know, they won some big games last year. So I, I'm looking forward to watching them. Another one is uh, Calvin Hopkins from Army. I don't know if Army's in your fantasy uh, league or not. But he is good. We'll say that he eclipsed a thousand yards passing and rushing last year in 17 rushing touchdowns in 2018. That's almost half of Army's all of their rushing touchdowns. So he's in every play. Like the plays are, he's he is the commanding core of that offense, and he's going to get the ball and be a playmaker. He's going to get you points every week, without question. And most of that comes from the. Uh, option offense that they run there at army and i love army for that if you want to bet on a team in week in and week out bet army i i must have bet them half the weeks last year and i swear they cover 
probably 60, 70% of the time. So I, I'm, I'm really liking this pick of yours, Woj. Another one is John Emery, running back from LSU, freshman. Uh, he is the highest rated running back to enroll since Leonard Fournette at LSU. And what everybody's been saying early this season, that he is just going to be a beast. So I would look to, for him to be the guy carrying the ball most of the time, even as a freshman over at LSU. So, in, uh, you know, with incoming freshmen, it can be a crapshoot for a lot of these, you know, the fantasy leagues, not people not wanting to pick him up, but I think he's going to be a beast. LSU needs to run the football in their offense. So uh, John Emery's a solid pick. He's going to get yards. He's going to get carries. Well, Ed Ogeron's definitely going to run the ball. I can guarantee you that. And um, he's no Mad Hatter when Leonard Fournette was there. The Mad Hatter was obviously there. But I, I think Ed Ogeron's even more prone to run the ball. So I, I, don't, I don't know much about Emery, but I, I'm not going to disagree with that one either. Another one is Randall St. Felix from USF. And you know how USF likes to throw the football. 432 passing attempts last year in the air. Uh, that's a large number. He is not only good on the football field, but he's a scholar inside with inside the classroom. Guy idolizes Randy Moss, considered him the greatest wide receiver of all time. And I loved Randy Moss, thought he was awesome. Uh, coming off a solid uh, year last year and a great ending in the bowl game, had 165 yards receiving. <laughs> well, which I, you and I disagree. It's, it, it happens. I don't like USF. Randall St. Felix, though, he, he might be a good pick for a wide receiver, especially if you have a big league. I, I think you might be right. I did kind of get a chuckle about how he's a scholar in the classroom and idolizes Randy Moss because I'd like to see what Randy Moss's GPA was when he was in college. I, I doubt it was that high. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably with you. But yeah, yeah, he I think he'll be a good good receive or a good receiver in your team he's UCF's top receiver last year again coming off a good year good bowl game he'll go into this season for USF uh, doing pretty well yeah you might want to send him week one though they got a tough competition with that Wisconsin defense so maybe pick him up sit him the first week and then ride him the rest of the season get as many points as you can from him you got any other sleeper picks wall yeah I think Tariq Black I mean it's a risky gamble. He's He was hurt the first two seasons, came in as a freshman, highly touted, five-star. Everybody's going bonkers for him, and he got hurt. And obviously he got hurt again last year, which was 2018. But I think that Michigan's going to have to pass the ball more this year. They really don't have much of a choice. Uh, they got bottled up last year. They got to spread it out with all those good receivers they have. He's got a lot of talent around him. It's going to, you know, probably get some of his receptions. He's going to have to share them. But it also helps spread out the defensive coverage, which – can give you big plays at times out of big receivers such as Tariq Black. He's a heck of an athlete. So if you want to get a little risky, he's, you know, I don't know how many rounds you guys have, but in our league, it'd be the 10th, 11th round. If he's still there, I'm definitely take him. Yeah. I always get really worried about Michigan receivers with the quarterback issues they've had over the years. Uh, sometimes they're really good. And then sometimes it doesn't look like they could hit the broad side of a barn. So I'm always risky taking Michigan wide receivers, but they do good. I mean, they, they, especially in a, in certain games where if you want to pull them out for a game, put them back in, you can play matchups pretty well. Well, we'll see. You got it. Michigan's got a new offensive coordinator calling all the plays. So uh, we don't really know what his style is exactly coming from Bama, but um, I'm, I'm thinking they'll definitely be passing more. And I, I would definitely pick up Tariq Black if I had the opportunity. 
Well, everyone, that's it for this week's episode of Wojen Walls College Football Rundown. You can check us out on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram is college underscore football underscore rundown. And you can check out our website at collegefootballrundown.com. Don't be afraid if you have any comments or suggestions, email me or Kyle at Kyle or Matt at collegefootballrundown.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And this is the College Football Rundown.